This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I am enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Giving honor to God, I thank him for allowing me to stand before his people. I thank Pastor Bolden for this dynamic ministry that we have here, Striving for Perfection. I thank my children, and I thank all of you who came out to hear what thus saith the Lord. My title this morning is, Can God Use You? And my scripture is going to come from the book of Acts, Acts 9, 1 and 2. It says, then Saul, breathing threats against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that if, any, if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Saul was a young man. And he was regarded by the rabbis as one of the most promising young men of Judaism. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God this morning, as Pastor Bolin had uh, called me and asked me to bring the word last month. He said, I realize you hadn't preached in a while. So I said, yes. And then later on, I guess it was out of the next week, he called, he said, well, Brother, Brett, Brother uh, Brett, Fred Smith, Brother Fred Smith passed by, and he said, you preached at his church. Preached a message, he said. This is such a short notice, you want to preach that message? I said, no, sir. I've already started my message, and I have my title started. But as I began to get the message together and everything, then I found out I was supposed to teach women of worth also. So I said, okay, I got women of worth. I know I had the kids on Sunday afternoon, but now this last Sunday was our first Sunday in class. So I said, okay, Lord, I got to study for the children. I got to get women of worth together, and I got to to preach on Sunday morning. And I was like, okay, Lord. But you know what? God is so good. God is so good. I say, Lord, you know what? Pastor said I could preach the message I already had. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, Lord, I'm going to go forth with what you gave me because it tied in to what my studies were with women of worth. And then on Thursday morning, God woke me up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I had my message together, the whole message, and God said, I want you to end with this here. And I was like, okay, Lord. He gave me a different ending to my message. So I say, thank you, Lord. 
So God is a good God. We serve an awesome and wonderful God. We know that Saul had been persecuting the Christians who believed in Jesus, and he felt he was justified in doing so. As he watched the growth of the Christian faith, known as the way, he, was, he saw it as a threat to his Christian faith. Hallelujah. He saw it as a threat to his own religion. That's why he wanted to persecute them. So he set out to destroy all of them. He had gotten permission from the high priest to go to Damascus and Syria for disciples who worshipped Jesus. He was to bring them back, put them in jail. Hallelujah for what they believed in. You see, Saul had a mission. He had a mission to go forth and to prosecute those who believed in Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Acts 9, 3 and 6. It says, as, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from the heavens. Then he fell to the ground. And heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gourd. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, rise and go into a city and it will be told you what you must do. Don't you know that when God wants you to do something for him, that he will get your attention, and he'll get your attention when you least expect it. Not when you're expecting it, but when you least expect it. You see, Saul was on a mission. He was on a mission, and God stopped him dead in his tracks. He was on a mission to go and bring prisoners back. And God stopped him just in his tracks. You see, Saul figured if he stopped the Christians in Damascus, that this religion would not go any further. That's what he was trying to get it from. He was trying to keep this religion from spreading. He was trying to keep those from trusting in Jesus Christ. You see, God, uh, uh, Saul believed in God but he did not believe in Jesus Christ. And that was his whole thing, to keep others from believing in Jesus Christ. You see, there are people today who are sitting under the sound of my voice in church today that don't believe all of this word that's written in the word of God. There are some people only read the New Testament and don't read in the Old Testament. But did you know God inspired man to write this complete Bible? Not part of this Bible, but every bit of this Bible. How would you know what the prophecy was in the Old Testament if you never read it? It came to pass over in the New Testament. God gave us the word. Not some of the word. He gave us the complete word. And he intended for us to listen and read the whole Bible, not part of the Bible. See, the Lord spoke to Saul and told him to go into a street called Straight, and he would find a man there by the name of Ananias. 
the man that was, were with Saul, they didn't know what had happened. They heard something. They did not hear the same words that Saul heard. When God spoke to him, he let only Saul's ears hear what he was saying. They did not know. Saul went, and he could not see for three days. He did not eat anything. He did not drink anything. For three days, he was there. You see, the Christians in Damascus was upset because they knew Saul's track record. They knew what he was all about. They just didn't want to see Saul because they knew he had come to persecute them. But the Lord had already talked to Ananias. Ananias was also, he, he didn't want Saul to be there either. Ananias was a little afraid. But God came to him and he talked to him. And over into Acts 13 and 15, God told Ananias, he said, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. You see, God knew what he had done, and he was still willing to use him for the kingdom. Can he still use you? Can he still use you? God was still willing to use him for the kingdom. He knew that he had been killing Christians who believed in Jesus Christ and going to Damascus to get more to imprison them. And yet God said he could use him still. You can still be in your mess. You can still be in your mess. But when God gets ready to stop you, don't you hear me? He can put an end to it. The type of living that you're living, going against what God says, when he gets ready, he can stop you at any time. Hallelujah. He will get your attention when you least expect it. Don't be like Saul. And let God have to come and knock you flat on your back to get your attention. Some people are like that. God, that's the only way he can get their attention is to knock them down. And when you're down on the ground, you can't do nothing but get up in the name of Jesus and say, yes, Lord, yes. Here I am, Lord. Yes, I'm willing to go where you want me to go. I'm willing to do what you told me to do. But it took all of that to get your attention? when it should not have? You should have said, yes, Lord. Yes, I'm willing to go. Yes, Lord, I'm willing to do what you asked me to do. When God got his attention, no one wanted to believe because they knew what had gone on. No one wanted to believe that he had changed. They were afraid of him, but they soon learned that his heart had changed. Instead of prosecuting, he was not praying. See, he went from prosecuting to praying and trusting God and believing God. 
at what God told him to do. Saul had no idea that he was going to be a powerful witness for the Lord. No idea that he was going to be talking about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, the one that he'd been persecuting Christians for. If God can use Saul, can he use you? Can he use you? Saul even considered, consented to Stephen's death. When they stoned Stephen to death. But God still used him. Let's talk about David. In 2 Samuel 11. You don't have to turn there. David went up one day. He was out on his balcony. Looked across the balcony. And he saw a beautiful young woman there on the balcony. But he didn't know anything about her. So he sent for somebody to go over and inquire about her. Asking who she was. They went, came back and told Saul everything about her, whose wife she was and everything. But do you think that even mattered to David? Do you think that mattered to David? He sent for her anyway, brought her into his home and laid with her. And she conceived. And she sent word to, to David that she had conceived. And y'all know what David did. He tried his best to hide and cover it up. He tried his best to hide and cover it up. So what did he do? So, okay. He sent for her husband, Uriah, to come home. So he could send him home to his wife so it looked like she'd have conceived by her husband. Now you know that was conniving, Okay. All of this is getting ready to backfire on David. After he sent for Uriah to come home, told Uriah, go in to your wife, go home with your family and what have you, Uriah decided, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to sleep right here up on these steps. And so when it got back to Saul that Uriah did not go home, that he did not sleep with his wife, then Saul had to come up with another tactic and another scheme. I mean, he had to come up with something altogether different now. And so when he approached Uriah, he asked him, why did you not go home to your wife? This is Uriah's answer. He said, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents, and my master and my Lord's men are camped in the open field. How could I go to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? As surely as you live, I would not do such a thing. Y'all, this was a man of integrity. Would not leave the army out in the field fighting why he go home and lie and have pleasure with his wife and eat and drink. Hallelujah. He said, not so. There's no way I would go and do that. Not with my men out in the field fighting. He refused to go home and have pleasure while they were on the battlefield. 
But look at what David did afterwards. 2 Samuel 11 and 14, and it says, And David wrote a letter to Joab, saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. That was premeditated murder. Totally premeditated murder. Yet later on, God said David was a man after his own heart. Can he use you? Can he use you? After all that David did. Can he use you for his kingdom? Can he use you? I know some of you may say you just don't know. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know where I've been and you don't know what I've done. No, I don't, but God does. He knew every one of these people that I've talked about, what they've done and where they've been, but yet he was willing to use them. He was willing to use them for the kingdom. God can change you from whatever it is that's hindering you from trusting in him. God will give you the strength that you need to make it through any situation that you go through. We can't do it in our strength. We can't do anything in our strength. But we have to trust in the one who can help us. He said that if we call upon him, he would always be there to help us and to take us through. If God could use a donkey, he can surely use you. If he could use a donkey, he can surely use each one of us in this room. Don't allow your past to hold you back. Some people are dwelling on the past, what they did in the past. You cannot go back. You cannot change your past. You can only live for today and the things that's going on in your life today. You can't worry about the past. You just ask God to forgive you and press your way. Because when he takes it away, it's taken away. Ask him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He took all our sins and he threw them in out of darkness. When he hung, bled, and died on that cross, he said he would not remember our sins no more. So no matter what you did in your lifetime, no matter how bad it is, he said he threw them into outer darkness. When you come and ask him to forgive you, he's not going to remember those things that you did any longer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's so much. There's so much going on in this world today. And I know it's hard. It's hard for all of us. But we must still put our trust in God and know that he's still in control. I know with all the pandemic that's been going and everything going around, people are shook because they don't know what's happening. So many people dying. So many people are coming up with diseases. We've heard of so much stuff going on lately. But we still have to put our trust in God, knowing that he is still on the throne, that he still answers our prayers. He will continue to be with us if we put our trust in him. How about the woman at the well? 
in John 4 and 5. She went to draw some water at the well, and she met Jesus at the well. He didn't know who he was. He came early that morning. Y'all, she came early in the morning. And you know why she came so early in the morning? She didn't want to meet the women as she went to get her water. Because you know how it is, ladies. We talk. We point our fingers. They know she has had several husbands. And so she did not want to meet the women. So she went early in the morning to draw her water. And Jesus came along and asked her for a drink. He came along and he asked her for a drink of water. His disciples had gone into the city to buy some food. And so in John 4 and 9, it says, Then the woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus asked her to go and call her husband. And she said, I have no husband. And then Jesus said, you answered well, and the one that you're with is not your husband. You see, we have a God that knows everything. You can't hide nothing from this God that we serve. We serve a mighty God that knows everything. She spoke truly. So the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And all she knew was that she met a stranger that told her everything about herself. And she ran into the city. Now she, she, she now is a witness for the Lord. She ran into the city to tell the men. Y'all heard me say before, she was at the well early in the morning so she wouldn't meet the women, but she ran to tell the men because she knew that they would listen to her, they would not judge her. She ran. She was a powerful witness for the Lord. How about you? When God does something in your life, are you running and telling somebody what God did for you? She ran and told them. She just didn't want to hear the gossiping women. She didn't go to them. She ran into the city and told the men. Whatever's in your past, God knows. Just don't continue in the past. Don't continue to dwell on it. Allow God to work the things out in your life that needs to be worked out in your life. He tells you to do and make the, a change in your life. You've got to come to him. In order to get a change in your life, you've got to come to the Lord. You've got to repent for the things that we did in our life. Ask him to forgive us. Hallelujah. When he speaks, listen. Can he still use you? He used the woman to be a witness for him from the well. He knew her life. He knew everything about her lifestyle. Have another example for you. 
When God first spoke to you and told you, you need to get your life in order, you didn't listen to the voice. You just ignored it. Or he told you to get involved in the ministry, and you chose to run away. Some of us tried to run away, like Jonah. Some of us tried to run away like Jonah. In Jonah 1 and 2, the Lord says to Jonah, Arise and go to Nineveh. But Jonah decided, I'm not going to go. He arose. He did what God told him to do. He got up to go to Nineveh. But he decided the people of Nineveh did not deserve to be saved. So he decided, no, I'm not going to go. So Jonah went and boarded him a ship, got on the ship, and went his way. And then when the wind began to blow and everything began to happen, the men wanted to know, what is it? And then Jonah said, it's because of him. He said, throw me overboard and everything will be okay. Well, they didn't want to throw him. They tried everything they could try. But you know when God is in the midst of stuff, hey, God is going to get his way. And so I don't care how they tried to do it, it was not going to happen. It was not going to happen. So Jonah tried to flee. He tried to flee, but it didn't happen. He fled, though. And then what happened after they threw him overboard? The Lord had a setup. He had a big old fish waiting there that swallowed up Jonah. And by the time he got in that fish, he had enough time to sit there and think about what he did and how he did not obey God. How many of us know that when God tells us to something to do and when things happen, now we got enough time to sit and think that God told me to do this and I disobeyed. That's why it's happening to me. That's what happened to Jonah. He had enough time to think about it while he was in the fish, in the belly of the fish. He had enough time to think about what God told him. How many times have you been around so many people that you don't think they need to be saved? They so bad, you don't think they need to be saved. You see how God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outward person. Who are we to say who should be saved and who's not to be saved? I don't care how bad they are or what they did. See, God created us all, and every one of us in this room have done something in our life that we do not feel that we have done God justice. We've all did something in our life that went contrary to the word of God, but yet God forgave us. He allowed us another opportunity to stand before him. You see, we can hide, we can run, but we surely can't hide. You can run, just like Jonah did. You can run, but you can't hide. God is omnipresent. Everywhere you go, he's there. I don't care where you go, our God is right there. You go on the mountaintop, he's there. You go in the valley, he's there. Wherever you go, we serve a God that's always there. And you cannot, you cannot hide from him. God didn't let Jonah off the hook. Jonah ran, but he didn't let him off the hook. And you know what happens when that big fish 
spit Jonah out? He spit him out right in the same spot that he started off, Joppa. God said, you gonna, I'm not going to spit you off in Nineveh. I'm going to spit you off in Joppa, and you're going to go where I told you to go. You're going to go where I told you to go, and you're going to do what I told you to do. God gets his way. See, we think we're getting away. If y'all sitting here, or anybody on the sound of my voice think you're getting away with something, oh no, oh no, not with our God. Now, you may get over on us. You can get over on us, because sometimes we just don't know. But you can't get over on God. You can't get over on God. You know, we've all did things in our life, and we know that they haven't been pleasing to God. The word tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. You know, there's not a person in this room that has not sinned. Every one of us in this room have some sins behind us, things that we're not, uh, things that, that's so bad. We don't even want to share with anybody. We don't even want to talk about some of the things that we did in our life. But we can always go to our God. He is the only one that is without sin. And he's willing to listen to you when you cry unto him. God can use you. God can use you. I just want to let you know that God can use you. He can use you only if you allow him to use you. Tell your story. See, God has commissioned us to share with others. So many times, uh, I know there's some things that none of us, some things we ain't gonna never share with nobody but God. Okay? I know that. Because I've talked to God and I, I talk to God so much and I say, God, you know, there's some things only you and I know. You know? <laughs> only you and I know. But I can come to you and talk to you and tell you everything that's in my life and I don't have no problem with it whatsoever. But some people, you can't go all the time to everybody. But share where God has brought you from. You know, we sit here on Sunday mornings in this church looking all pretty like y'all look this morning, all nice, looking all pretty, yet and still there's some dirty things behind each and every one of us that God can clean up if you share with somebody. See, there's somebody maybe in here who's going through some things, who've had some rough times in life. And they don't think that they can come to God. And you sitting on that bench who've gone through the same thing that they're going to, if you only share with them, this is what God did for me. This is how he picked me up. This is how he turned my life around. See, that's what God wants us as Christians to do. He wants us to share our story. Don't sit on your story. Don't hold your story back. Don't hold it back. We have to share with one another. We have to let them know, I ain't always been in church. I ain't always been a preacher. I ain't always did everything right or did things the way God wanted me to do it. But one day, he picked me up, turned my life all around, placed my feet on a solid rock, and now I can say, thank you, Lord. So if you're going through some things in your life, you just got to come to him. Don't be afraid to come to the Lord. His arms are always open wide. 
always open wide. He's never going to turn a deaf ear to you. The reason we can't reach sinners is because we act like we've never did anything wrong. Some of us forget how God has changed our life. But we need to let others know what he did for us and that he can do the same thing for them. So don't let anything, anyone else, hold you back from what God has called you to do. If God could use Jonah, a man that disobeyed God when he told him to go to Nineveh and flee to Tarsus, if he could use David, a man who committed adultery and had Uriah killed, the woman at the well who had many husbands and was committing adultery, living in an adulterous situation at that time, they're all imperfect people, but yet God used them. All imperfect people, and yet God used them. He can surely use you. I gave you this message so that you will know that God is a forgiving God. And that he said his arms are always open to you if you confess your sins to him. And as I said earlier, God woke me up 5 o'clock in the morning with another ending to this message. There's so many stories in the Bible of others that disobeyed God. But when God speaks, he stands by his word. You say Abram and Sarah decided that they were going to take upon themselves to do what God did not tell them to do. God had took too long. God took too long to answer. Sarah was in her 70s. Can you imagine? I can't imagine, y'all. Sarah was in her 70s. She'd been waiting on God all this time to come through for her for a child, and it had not happened. She said, okay, I'm going to go on. I'm going to let you go in to my handmaid, and you can go on and have a child by my handmaid because it's not going to happen for me. When God tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Ain't about you. It's about him. And he told them that they were trying to make Ishmael be the one. And God said, no, sir, Ishmael is not it. I told you who it was going to be. Isaac is going to be the promised child. See, we try to get ahead of God and do what God wants us. Hey, God has this under control, y'all. God has it under control. When God woke me up this morning, I mean uh, on Thursday morning, he came to me with a prodigal son. You guys know the story of the prodigal son very well. How this young man went to his dad and asked for his inheritance. You don't get no inheritance until somebody dies. Yeah, the nerve to come in. I mean, I could imagine my children coming in me asking me, Mama, uh, I want my, my money that I'm due to get when you die right now. But you know what? That father was so nice. He didn't even say anything. 
he gave both his boys their inheritance right then. Well, you ain't supposed to get no inheritance until I'm gone. I left this world, and you open up and read the, uh, what I left you. But that father was so nice. He just went in, and he began to divide everything up between his two boys. God is so awesome. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. He just wants us to understand and know that he is just like that father. See that prodigal son when he went off? He used all of his money up in a heartbeat. He had a lot of friends. He had a lot of friends. And all of a sudden, when the money was gone, there was no friends. He found himself in the pig pen with the pigs. All by himself. Where were the friends? Where were the people that helped him use up all his money? And while he was in the pig pen, he realized, my daddy got a whole lot. My daddy got money and cattle and all of this here. I need to come to my senses. I need to go back home. See, that's what y'all need to do when you're strayed away from God. You need to come to your senses. You need to go back to God. Hallelujah. He said, I need to go home. My daddy got plenty. I need to go home to my father's home where I don't have to worry about anything. Hallelujah. God is a good God. His arms are always open. He wanted us to know that when we call upon him, he will answer. He will not turn a deaf ear to you when you call upon him with your whole heart. Hallelujah. In our scripture text that we talked about, Saul, Saul was convinced that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was dead. That's why he was persecuting. He, he just knew he could go and persecute the Christians because of the fact Jesus was dead. But he didn't know Jesus was not dead. He was alive. He was alive. He might not have been there physically, but he was alive. Hallelujah. We serve a good God that do not discriminate at all. Saul's attitude was horrible at first, but he turned out to be a man that was an awful witness, a good witness for the Lord, a powerful witness for the Lord. At first, everybody was afraid of him because they knew his track record. They knew what he would do. But when God changed him, when God changed him, he began to preach the gospel for Jesus Christ. He began to preach to the Gentiles. See, we began to get the message. The Gentiles, we got the message. With the rap sheet that all of these people had, with their rap sheet, 
God can use you. In this room, I'm sure, I don't know that we had no killers. I don't know that we had nobody that murdered somebody. In, 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 you know, in this room, I don't know that. We've had some adulterous people in this room, I know. Yes, I can say yes. We've had some people who backbite. We've had some people who talked about someone else. We've had some people who stole some things, even if you took the ink pen from on your job. It wasn't yours to take. So we've had some people in this room who did some things in their life. But you know that God has taken all of those things when we ask him away from us and there's no residue. There's nothing left. God said he took your sins. He threw them into outer darkness. He said he would remember those sins no more. So why are you looking at people and remembering what they did if our God didn't? Why are you holding them hostage if our God hasn't held you hostage for what you did? See, God doesn't hold you hostage. He does not discriminate at all. He doesn't hold us hostage for the things that we did in our life. And yet, we hold others hostage for the things they did in their life. We serve a mighty God, an almighty God, that his arms are open wide. He said all you have to do is come to him. Repent. Ask him to come into your life. Don't be like Jonah when he comes to you and talks to you and you run away. Listen when he speaks to you and obey. Because eventually... You're going to have to obey. We're going to have to obey. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God, saints. We serve a mighty God. Trust him. The word says, trust the Lord. Trust him with all your heart. Don't lean on what you have in here. Trust God's word. For God's word is true. Hallelujah. He can use you. He can use me. And he's not going to hold it against you. He's not going to hold it against you. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. So don't let anybody, not even your own self. Sometimes we are our worst enemy. We're our worst enemy. We want to hold ourselves down because we can't forgive ourselves. But if God forgave you, learn how to forgive yourself for what you've done in your lifetime. Learn how to forgive yourself. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Father God, we thank you today. God, we thank you today. We thank you for this message, Lord God, that hit home to even me, Lord God, as I prepared, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I have three appeals today. First one is for membership of striving. I ask that if you don't have a church home, 
Striving is an awesome place to start. Hallelujah. If you're online, you don't have a church home. We have some numbers that you can call. Someone will answer. If you would like to be a member here at Striving, if there's anyone in the room who doesn't have a church home and would like to be a member here at Striving for Perfection, our pastor would love to have you be members here. He's a dynamic minister here at Striving. Hallelujah. And he's going to preach that word. And he's not going to deviate from that word. My next appeal is for salvation. If you have not accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, I ask that you ask him to come into your heart today. If you're in this room, raise your hand. I see no hands. Those of you who are online, if you have not accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, I ask that you ask the Lord to come into your life because he is the best thing. I will tell you, he is the best thing that can ever happen to you. You know, some people say my wife or my husband is the best thing, but I'm here to tell you Jesus is the best thing that can ever happen to you in your life. Hallelujah. Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word that come forth, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that this word was planted on fertile ground, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And Father God, that we will take it out of this building, Lord God, and we will run with it, Lord God, and we will share with somebody else, Lord God, for where you brought us from, Lord God, you brought us from a mighty long way, Lord God. And we pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, where we will share, Lord God, we will tell the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere we go, Lord God, letting people know, letting a dying world know that we serve a mighty God, we serve an awesome God, a God that will forgive them for whatever they did in their life. Hallelujah, Lord God. Father, we are trusting on your word, Lord God. We're asking you to go forth with us this week, Lord God. Be with us and stand by us. Lead us and guide us and strengthen us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Let us be powerful witnesses for the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.